Welcome to the Physics Central Podcast. I'm Callie Cofield. Today we're talking about physics on YouTube. Yes, the home of a million cat videos and the vlogs of a thousand rambling teenagers is also providing the world with a great dose of physics. In fact, YouTube is proving to be a testing ground for creative ways to teach physics and to make it entertaining. Today I'm going to be talking about some of the awesome YouTube channels that feature physics in different ways, and we'll be talking with a few of the people who work on some of those shows. That's today on the Physics Central Podcast. Derek Muller is really a nice guy. He just wants to teach people about physics. But sometimes that rubs people the wrong way. To understand exactly why, you first have to look at Muller's YouTube channel, which is called Veritasium. This channel is largely about teaching people about physics, but not like in a lecture, like let's ask a cool question about the universe and then find fun and interesting ways to answer it. Theoretically, that shouldn't make anyone upset, but I'll get into that in a minute. So one of Muller's common formats for the show involves him going out and talking to people on the street about a physics question. So, for example, in a recent episode, he was at this outdoor street fair, and in one hand, he's holding a basketball, and in his other hand, he's holding a ball that is the same size as the basketball, but which is significantly heavier. And he's walking around asking people a very classic physics question. If I drop them both at exactly the same time, which one will hit the ground first? And a lot of people say they think the heavier ball will hit the ground first. And Muller really challenged them to explain why they think that. So why does that make it go faster? Uh, Because the weight pulls it down quicker. What are we measuring when we say, oh, it's heavier? What are we feeling? Gravity. Gravity. (laughs) Go ahead. Yeah, that's cool. Objects being pulled to the earth, I guess. Finally, Muller has them do the experiment. Drop the balls at the same time from the same height and see which one hits the ground first. And the balls hit the ground at the same time, which is a surprise to many people. Now, you'll have to go watch the video to find out why this happens, but what I wanted to illustrate is the thing that makes some people upset about Muller's videos. So before Muller had people do the experiment, he would let them explain why they thought the heavier ball would hit the ground first. And in some of Muller's videos, people are very confident about their wrong answers. And so some people have accused Muller of being condescending or mean. They think he's out to make people look stupid. Usually these criticisms appear in the comment section on YouTube, but on at least one occasion, someone told him face to face. We were on a boat out to an island uh, and I was interviewing people on the boat. This man said, you know, I saw what you were doing to those people on the boat yesterday and I, I uh, really didn't like it. I think you're a bit of a dodgy character. And, uh, and he, he basically wanted to pick a fight with me. Now, that's not to say that these responses are extremely common, but they do happen often enough that Mueller decided to address them in a video on Veritasium. Mueller is not trying to make fun of people or make them look stupid. He actually has data that shows that 
sometimes talking about the wrong answer is the best way to get people to learn the right answer. In fact, this was the focus of his PhD research. How do you get people to actually learn science from a video? When I exposed students to a clear explanation of Newton's laws, including animations, diagrams, graphs, you know, the things that you would really want to show them in as concise a format as I possibly could, students who had never really done a, a higher-level physics course thought they learned a lot. But when you actually look at how much they learned, it was nothing. Like, I, I would pretest them, and then they would see a 10-minute video that contained direct answers to things in the pretest, and then I would post-test them, and they would say, oh, I'm more confident in my answers, I think I've improved, and yet their scores, on average, moved not at all. So I found that a pretty shocking result. So just showing people the right answer often isn't enough to make that answer stick. So Muller tried his experiment again, but this time he would include common misconceptions about the topic he was trying to teach. In those cases, the students would come out nearly doubling their scores. And the increase in confidence was about the same, but the increase in learning was dramatically different. So I found that students would engage with videos in a very different way if only correct information were presented or if alternative conceptions were, were presented. So when I make a Veritasium video, often what I try to do is include some of the alternative conceptions. And that's part of my idea about going out on the street and talking to people is that you get these very genuine ideas coming from people, which then the viewer can relate to. Muller has an undergraduate degree in physics and engineering, and he has taught physics in a tutoring capacity for seven years. But he also studied filmmaking, and he says he was always a bit of a performer. So a little over two years ago, he started the YouTube channel Veritasium, and it's provided him with an opportunity to do all the things that he loves. And from a teaching perspective, he also feels like with this YouTube channel, he can reach a wider audience, not just physics students, but the general public. I get emails from teachers saying, I use this in my classroom, I find it really valuable, my students love it. Or, or emails from teachers saying, my students actually brought this to me and showed it to me and I think it's great, thank you so much. You know, I've got emails from students saying, it's because of seeing your videos that I now want to pursue a career in science. And all of those uh, pieces of feedback are so valuable to me to understand that the, the things I'm putting out there in the world um, are having some impact, they are being useful, um, and, uh, and that makes me feel good. Muller has actually started doing science segments for a show on the Australian Broadcasting Corporation called Catalyst. But getting on television is not necessarily the end goal of a YouTube channel. Television certainly offers more of a built-in audience and more financial backing. But with YouTube, people can be autonomous. There's no one telling them what to do creatively. There's no advertisers to please. There's no preset idea of what works and what doesn't. YouTube channels can also take time to experiment with their format, to develop and grow without the threat of cancellation. And of course, many YouTube channels wouldn't fit the length requirements of a regular television show. And in this day and age, people want things short and fast. If you need proof of this, 
look no further than minute physics, which, yes, gives people doses of physics in roughly one minute. It's likely that this time-saving approach is part of the channel's success. Muller's Veritasium videos draw in an average of around 100,000 views per video, sometimes spiking into the millions. The minute physics videos often average around 1 million views. The channel has over 1 million subscribers and in less than two years has accumulated a total of over 80 million views. Now, to put that in perspective, one of the highest watched television shows of all time, American Idol, draws in about 25 million viewers every episode. A less popular show might draw anywhere from 10 to 20 million viewers. So a YouTube video with a million views has about one-tenth the viewership of a TV show on network television. All right, getting back to the physics. So Minute Physics is narrated by Henry Reich, who started the channel while he was working on his physics master's degree. Reich does a style of video that features his narration playing over videos of stick figure drawings that illustrate the points he's making. He tackles fun questions like, what is the universe? But if the universe is everything, does that mean it includes the things that we don't know that we don't know exist? Or even the things that we believe exist but haven't yet seen or observed? For example, is the future a part of the universe? Minute Physics and Veritasium take entirely different creative approaches to talking about physics. Another highly successful physics channel is called 60 Symbols. It was started by video journalist Brady Harron, who now manages nine science-based YouTube channels. He's produced over 1,500 short science videos. For 60 Symbols, Harron came up with 60 Symbols that are used in physics, things like the symbol for uncertainty or pi. He also threw in some unofficial ones, like a picture of a cat, which symbolized the Schrodinger's cat paradox. Here's a clip from that video. You're hearing Philip Moriarty, a professor of physics at the University of Nottingham in the UK. He's talking about how Schrodinger came up with his cat paradox to illustrate to his colleagues just how ridiculous their quantum interpretation of the world was. And this was really, that, that's the Copenhagen interpretation that you can have this superposition of states. Schrodinger really wanted to show that that wasn't the case and it was just ludicrous to think like that. But the problem is we've done experiments and at this quantum level, that's how matter behaves. Heron originally set out to create 60 videos, but he has now produced more than 100. For these videos, Heron stays behind the camera. The audience only occasionally hears him ask questions from off screen. On screen are scientists, mostly a handful of regulars, and they tackle some complex physics topics, but they manage to make it interesting and understandable for non-scientists. It seems unlikely that any science television show would air the videos that Heron produces. There's no narration, there's no swelling music or computer animations. The videos exude a feeling of ease. It's almost like you're just sitting down with these scientists and having a chat. The scientists are outgoing and well-spoken and never pretentious, 
And for the general public, seeing physicists in this light is also an important lesson. So there we have three YouTube channels that are dedicated to physics and which nonetheless take entirely different approaches. And all of them have succeeded in reaching an audience and making physics entertaining. But that's just the beginning of what YouTube has to offer in the way of physics. I had a talk with Michael Stevens, who hosts a show on YouTube called Vsauce. Stevens started the show when he was working for a company called Next New Networks. That company was later acquired by YouTube, so Stevens is now a YouTube employee. But that doesn't mean there's any special treatment. Stevens still has to write, produce, and host Vsauce all by himself, and it's up to him to bring in an audience. Frequently on the show, Stevens will answer interesting and sometimes bizarre questions about the world. Here's a few that he's done. Hey, Vsauce, Michael here. And what if every single person on Earth jumped at the exact same time? But how much does a shadow weigh? But will we ever travel interstellarly? Let's say I was stranded in the mountains waiting for rescuers to arrive, but it was going to take a while. I had plenty of snow and plenty of water, but I was hungry dying of starvation, would it make sense to amputate one of my legs and eat it? So not all the questions are about physics, but actually Vsauce doesn't make a distinction between the sciences. It's just all about the question. So long as that question is interesting, Stevens will try to answer it. And he emphasizes that Vsauce is not a science communication or science education channel. Really, at the core, we are tour guides of the internet and the world. Even if it's a question that you have about chemistry or physics or history or geography, you know, what I am really doing is just curating how many sources are available to people nowadays. Java applets that show you how wavelength is related to frequency, showing papers that you can access online, and then how to synthesize all that into understanding the world better. Like, if life is a cruise, we're the cruise director, and if you wind up learning a couple of things or thinking about things in a way you never thought about them before, that's fantastic. If you find a really great app for your phone that you love, that's fantastic. That's what we're doing. So unlike the other three channels we talked about, Vsauce does not identify itself as a physics channel or even as a science channel. But what's interesting about the Vsauce approach is that physics just gets thrown in under the header of cool and interesting. It's a testament to the fact that even if people don't explicitly look for physics channels, they still might enjoy some physics. They just want it delivered in a different way. And by not explicitly prioritizing the science, Vsauce may be reaching a very different audience. Hopefully we're inspiring a lot of people to realize that careers in STEM or, you know, pursuits like that could be really well suited for them. But at the same time, hopefully we're just causing people to think, wow, our world is amazing. And what's, what's amazing and, and, really makes me feel great is how hungry audiences are for that content. Like they are curious to learn about things 
and starting points for them to do their own exploration. So that's that's the niche that Vsauce fits. YouTube has an ocean of content for people to watch. If they don't like something, they won't watch it. So YouTube provides hard data about what people are actually interested in watching when they have options. Television doesn't necessarily give you that. Plus, there are even ways for people who make the YouTube videos to see if people are watching them all the way through. And if they're clicking away from the video, they can find out exactly where they're doing that. So they can figure out what part of a video lost the viewer's interest. And of course, in addition to that, the viewers can simply tell these people immediately how they feel about the content. I mean, YouTube is an immediate feedback platform. I don't have to make something and then have it air, say, on TV, and then maybe read a couple of responses. The entire video is surrounded with people's reactions, comments coming in every single second in some cases. And you've got Twitter, you've got Facebook, you've got all of this feedback coming from people, and they really love the questions that we ask. They love the things that we find and curate. And it becomes this conversation. It's like hanging out with friends who are really, really enthusiastic about the things and ideas on Earth. There are many other YouTube channels that touch on physics and science and math in different ways. Smarter Every Day is an amazing show hosted by a real-life missile engineer. There are science news shows like SciShow and This Week in Science and Technology, which features astronomer and blogger Phil Plate. There's Vi Hart, who does just beautiful things with math. Remember a few weeks ago, we talked with Steve Spangler, who runs a business for physics educators, and he has a YouTube channel. We've linked to all these channels on our blog, physicsbuzz.physicscentral.com. So among these great physics and math channels that you have to choose from, there are channels that teach you basic physics concepts, channels that do crazy experiments, channels that ask cool questions that just happen to be answered by physics. There are people with backgrounds in physics, people who are trained in psychology or music or journalism. There are people who do this out of their bedrooms and people who work for large companies. There are channels that use no visual effects and channels that rely heavily on them. So tell me, YouTube, what's the secret to making physics entertaining? The answer we're getting back is that there is no one right answer. And in fact, the variety of channels might be the best thing. People can have a lot of physics or they can pick and choose the physics that they want. And hopefully in the future, people on YouTube will show us many, many more creative and unexpected ways to make physics entertaining. That's all for this week's Physics Central podcast. I'm Calla Cofield. As always, you can find more podcasts, our Physics Buzz blog, resources, and so much more at physicscentral.com. Tune in next week for more of the Physics Central podcast. 